Welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here to get into week eight of the college football season, which means uh, the Badgers are back on the road for the first time in, it seems like forever, uh, first time in five, six weeks here that uh, the Badgers are heading back on the road to uh, Illinois. So we're going to get right into that. Uh, Matt, how you doing? And, and what are your initial thoughts on uh, the Illinois fighting Illini? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, today, obviously, we're recording on a Wednesday night, so just got done with the the day job, the 9 to 5, so ready to talk a little Badger football. Uh, in terms of Illinois, I think they're a team that, obviously, they were projected to, you know, be a bowl contending type team, you know, and I think it's Lovey Smith's fourth season now. A lot of people had high hopes for him coming in. Though, thus far, you know, they've lost their last four after beating Akron and UConn. So they're kind of scuffling a bit. It'll be interesting to see how fired up the Badgers come out against them because this is going to be a big game for Illinois at home. They just uh, were able to come back a little bit against Michigan towards the end of that game. So they have some ability, especially with a couple skilled players on offense and a couple uh, transfer players on the defensive side as well. So it'll just be a big thing about the Badgers doing what they normally do. I know that Paul Christ always talks about doing that. Uh, what's new with you, man? Uh, you know, not too much. Uh, been another a normal day at the 9-5 to five as well. Uh, but, you know, talking to Illinois, you know, I think it's one of those games that they're an interesting team because, like you said, they, they had some expectations preseason that were a little bit higher than what they've achieved. Obviously, they beat uh Akron and UConn but you look at those two wins those are two of the worst teams in college football so you don't really know what this team is obviously like you said they made a run against uh Michigan last week and you made that game a little tighter where all of a sudden maybe you saw glimpses of them but overall I think uh Illinois is a little bit worse than uh and then people think and so it'll be interesting to see which Illinois team you see if you, you see the team that that beat those two lesser opponents early on in the season or do you get and you get the team that uh, you know, played fairly well, at least in the second half against Michigan? Um, or do you get the team that, that lost uh, Eastern Michigan and turned the ball over and really struggled, you know, a couple weeks ago and got uh, ran over like they did against Minnesota? So depending on where they're at, um, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see, you know, what shakes out for Illinois. And I think part of that kind of speaks to the Badgers in this situation. Obviously, you have uh, Ohio State next week, and then you've got them going back on the road this week. It's been you know six weeks since Wisconsin's left Madison uh, for a football game, so obviously that's something where a spot for them, where maybe they're uh, in a look-ahead spot, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Just going back on the road is something new that this team will have to get readjusted to and, and get used to. So Matt, you know how does how does how does Wisconsin get readjusted to that uh, going back on the road and playing a playing in a road environment this week? You know, I actually think it's uh, it's great for the team to be in this road environment. It kind of is a nice precursor for that Ohio State game where you're you're on the road and it's going to be a big game environment. This game obviously won't have the same flair, but being on the road is just a different different feel. You know, you're not staying in the same hotel. You're not staying, um, you know, eating the same meals. You're not going through the same uh, day-by-day prep that you normally would. So it'll be something that they'll have to get used to, but at the same time, you know, they handled their business down in South Florida like as good as you could have hoped for. 
So it's been a while since they have been on the road, but it's also, I would think it would be something for them to be excited about, uh, you know, leaving the friendly confines of Camp Randall and going to take their talents on the road. Yeah, and it's something it's something different for them. Obviously, they've they've had six straight weeks at home, and and they've really you know take advantage of that and, and played really well in that home stand. But now it's it's something new, uh, so a new environment, maybe something that to uh, to shake things up a bit. So I'd kind of agree that it's a good uh, test to get out of you know get out of Camp Randall for a little bit because you're gonna have to go on the road uh, in some crucial games, especially you know if you get to a Big Ten championship or a, you know a bowl game. Obviously, you're gonna have to to go on the road that way and play, you know, out of your environment. You're not going to play every football game at Camp Randall, so it's good to get back into it. And I think it's really good um, that they're playing on the road before going to Ohio State in a way because, like you said, you get you get app- acclimated to that, you know, environment and, and get back into the routine of, of not having the same routine in, in a way. So uh, I, I think it's going to be important for them to, to take advantage of that. And I think, it, you know, when you see what Illinois has and, and what you're going to be doing, it's kind of a nice little – precursor to that Ohio State game but obviously the focus still has to be on Illinois and I think that's something that a lot of Badger fans are looking at and saying okay you know next week is Ohio State you know it's a possible you know undefeated matchup top top five six teams uh, in the country squaring off in in Columbus are you worried at all that Wisconsin is maybe you know maybe kind of a sandwich spot with having such a dominating homestand and then Ohio State next week uh in addition to you know the you know just a letdown spot of going on the road you know when you're looking ahead are you worried at all that the Badgers are are in for maybe a flat spot here I I think you're always worried about something like that happening the Badgers have looked so good so far this season and we all know that a lot of that has has been at home other than that first away game so it's going to be a a big test for them to kind of make sure that they're coming out and playing right away I know uh that the 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 team has really embodied uh, Fayon Hicks with the no switch thing, where he's going out and and that was something he had learned in high school. And let's I'd hope that they actually bring that to town because Illinois is going to have their homecoming. It's going to be a big environment for them in terms of what they normally do. I've been to Champaign for games. It's not a raucous environment by any means. So it's it's one of those things where it can kind of lull you to sleep a little bit. You know, the Badgers had struggled, uh, I think it was two years ago when they were on the road against Illinois. So it's one of those things where you got to be prepared. You got to come out firing. And if they're not, I think it is in the back of your mind where, oh, man, we got to hit halftime and kind of start getting back to business. So hopefully the Badgers come out fast, because I think if they do come out fast like they have been scoring on, you know, five of their six first drives of the year other than last weekend, that they'll they'll have the game in hand I think the rest of the way but if they come out slow can't get the offense going I'm not too worried about the defense but if the offense can't get the ball going that's when you start uh you know it starts playing in the back of your head and uh you start you know being all up in your feelings about the stuff yeah I would agree I mean I think I think you obviously have to be concerned with the fact that they have been at home for six weeks and that maybe they've settled into that routine uh, but at the same time, this is still you know a place that a lot of these guys have been to before and played in. Um, I'd be more so worried, you know, not so much about them going on the road, but just the look-ahead spot. I know they're obviously everybody's interested in the Ohio State game, but at the same time, you you've had this team kind of play in a similar situation where you've you've had Akron or excuse me Kent State uh, before a big game, and you've had Central Michigan before the Michigan game where you you thought maybe you could see a flat spot. 
and they haven't. I mean, they, they outscored that, you know, those two games, like almost 100 to nothing. So you have to, you have to, you know, be happy from what you've seen in, in similar spots like this. But obviously this will be the biggest one um, because they're in that road environment and they have even, an even bigger game next week with Ohio State, who I think is clearly heads and tails better than anything they've you know played with with Michigan and Michigan State. So uh, overall, I think I think you certainly have to have those thoughts in the back of your mind. But like you said, you know, if they can come out and play fast in that first quarter and and do what they did, like they did on down in South Florida, all of a sudden you're thinking, OK, what were we ever worried about? Uh, and I think that same thing can play out this week uh, w- with Illinois, but we're going to have to wait and see. And, you know, speaking of Illinois from from a personnel standpoint, uh, I can't imagine a lot of Wisconsin fans are super familiar with with anyone on the team other than maybe, you know, Brandon Peters at quarterback because they played a, against um, them when he was at Michigan. And then, of course, Reggie Corbin, you know, who, who's been there for a couple of years now, uh, he played a little bit in 2017 and then. Uh, had a 100-yard game uh, in 2018 against the Badgers, but a lot of that was on uh, one play a season ago. But, but Corbin is definitely their star. Do you think he'll kind of be the the main focus uh, uh, for Wisconsin's defense going against Illinois' offense, given uh, their passing struggles? I think it has to be. You know, both him and Dre Brown, the other senior running back that they have, both have some pop. Uh, Reggie Corbin, obviously, it has he's been a thousand yard rusher in the Big Ten, which is not easy to do. Last season, they were the twelfth ranked running attack in the entire nation, and that hasn't materialized this year. But they still have the running backs to do it. The offensive line has kind of hit the struggle bus a little bit, but those running backs, you know, it just takes a play similar to how Reggie Corbin was able to bust one last year. It's one of those things where if he gets going, he can make some plays on his own and make his own uh, money kind of like Jonathan Taylor does at times where you, it looks like he's dead in the backfield and then all of a sudden he squirts for a you know 30-yard game. Um, I, was, I was just going to say, they have wide receivers. Like, that's not the issue. The quarterbacks just haven't been able to get them the ball. Uh, I was, I've been wanting to say Josh Bebe all day long. So uh, he's, he's a stud. He's from USC. He transferred over as a grad transfer. And he's leading the nation or tied for the nation lead with five touchdowns. So they have guys. Ricky Smalling's good. But they, they if they need, need quarterback play to start actually getting them the ball, and it'll be interesting to see if Brandon Peters or Matthew Robinson actually get the call this week with Peters being hurt last week. And I didn't have this in the you know in the notes pre-show, but what do you think of Illinois with all those transfers? I mean, how do you think, you know, for Levy Smith doesn't seem like a coach that – you know, has a lot of confidence from the fan base right now, but they still landed a lot of guys uh, that's worked out. So what do you think of, uh, of that, you know, as per a program like Illinois? Yeah, they have three or four transfers starting on each side of the ball, which is, which is just unheard of. I know a lot of people are kind of, you know, raising their noses towards this, the transfer portal, but I think it also helps a team like Illinois who was down. They didn't have necessarily the talent base that they needed to compete in the big 10. They went out and got some guys like, I'm at a or matter baby and um, another guy uh, in terms on the defense in Owale Bediku. He is he's a dude in terms of getting to the quarterback and they're they wouldn't be the same team if it wasn't able if they weren't able to kind of bring in some of those talented players from around the nation. But it, it is it is an interesting concept that doesn't usually work at a lot of different places because you need that cohesion that say the Badgers have where everybody's getting along and used to one another. 
Yeah, and the thing about you know, like Bennett, I don't even know how to say his last name. I was I was gonna bring him up, but his name is 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 a challenge. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, you look at you know, look at the stats. Like you said, you know, with him getting to the getting to the quarterback, he's he's ranked in the top five in, in sacks on the season. And you know, we talked, you know, you see how much national media talk about a guy like Chase Young at Ohio State. He's only one spot behind him. So you can see if this guy was playing at a bigger bigger name school. All of a sudden, you know, he could be in in discussions, you know, the same way Chase Young is. So they do have some guys that can really, you know, play well and are solid athletes and solid football players. It's just they don't have, you know, that at every position, like in Ohio State or Wisconsin or, or uh, you know, you know, bigger blue blood teams like that. So they they need to land these transfer guys. And I think, you know, for for a team, I know it hasn't shown record wise for Illinois, but it certainly benefits them that that guys are willing to go there and and get there. You know, not so much a second chance, but but another shot. You know, at a big program uh, like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for Illinois, at least uh, under under Lovey Smith, and in the future if if he's still there or if they move on. I know there's been some uh, you know Lovey Smith hot seat discussions, but I'm going to ask uh, Patrick Catesone of the Champagne Room that a little later in in, in fan confidence uh, in Smith. But you know, going back to Reggie Corbin, you know, obviously, like we said, he's a stud. Uh, and a really talented and underrated runner. You know, this league is so deep with tailbacks, with with Taylor uh, and, and J.K. Dobbins and a whole host of other guys. So how good of a test is having Reggie Corbin the week before you go against a guy like J.K. Dobbins? I think it'll be good. It'll help them, you know, focus in on, on a particular player that they know they need to maintain and kind of contain at all times. Um, my question for you is, do you think he's probably the best running back they've gone against so far? Like in terms of like credibility wise? I think so. I mean, you know, he's in a thousand yard rusher in a really tough conference. Obviously people talked about Jordan Cronkite from, from South Florida coming into the season, but he really hasn't panned out the way, uh, Corbin, you know, as he has, and, you know, obviously Reggie Corbin, he's, he's had a good game the last couple weeks. He started out a little slow. Um, but I think so. I mean, what, what do you think? Cause I, I can't think of anybody else. And I mean, you look at just his track record, he was a thousand yard rusher in the big 10. He's got to be the best one that they've gone against so far. Yeah, I think so. Especially with both Michigan and Michigan state, uh, running with freshman running backs. It just, it's one of those things where they haven't had to go on, go against a big time running back. So I think Corbin's probably the best, obviously before they see Dobbins, uh, a week from Saturday. Um, what is your uh, thoughts on the on the offense and what they might do? I was thinking with Wisconsin, you know, I was, I was thinking of it from a couple different ways that, you know, we, we talked about uh, Illinois' pass rush defense or pass, you know, rush. Obviously, you know, they, they're 43rd in team sack. So the one bright spot of that team has been their front seven getting after the quarterback. So so maybe they just, you know, go to keep it on the run or keep it on the ground simply because th- they know that the big threat for Illinois' defense is, is in the uh, pass rush game, and at the same time, you know Illinois has really struggled against the run. Uh, they're like 107th in rushing defense, so you you kind of see that obviously they've they've struggled. They got tore up against uh, Minnesota a couple weeks ago uh, against the run, and at the same time, I was kind of thinking maybe you maybe you just try and run the ball and and go with go with your basic plays and try to win this game with with kind of similar to where they played in Northwestern. Now hopefully they execute better. But kind of similar to Northwestern, where they're going to try and use their simple stuff so they don't put a lot of that stuff on tape, like for Ohio State to see, and you know, that whether it be the jet sweeps or or some new stuff, 
to try and you know not give any not give any help to Ohio State because they're a team that that doesn't need any. Um, so I'm expecting a heavy dose of Jonathan Taylor and Nakia Watson again. But uh, what are your thoughts? I think that's the way to go. I agree with you. You know, the, they're giving up over 200 yards on the ground uh, a game. The Badgers are obviously uh, putting up about 250 on the ground. I would I would expect that the Badgers give a healthy dose of Jonathan Taylor, obviously Nikia Watson. Um, I'm interested to see if they can get Garrett Groshek going a little bit. They did a lot in the in the fall camp with him in in the backfield, making plays with Jonathan Taylor. You know, is this the game that they kind of bring that out, unveil it a little bit more, or, or is that something they're really holding on to until they see an Ohio State, for example? So, I think you definitely want to run the ball. You also want to get Jack Cohn a continued presence in the offense. You know, he's been he's just been dynamite and he's been huge for the offense in general. But I think you can lean on the ground game to kind of get this one done, uh, especially if you can jump out to an early lead, which is which I think is the most pertinent thing to do. Yeah, I would agree. I, I hopefully they can hop out to a, a strong lead the way they have and, you know, just just keep the ball on the ground and, and get guys in and you know hopefully get guys out and stay healthy. The last thing you want is anybody going down. Uh, the week before Ohio State is a game like that, and you know, obviously we'll see what happens and, and go from there on, on the offensive side. But uh, that's all we've got on our uh, you know note sheet. But of course, we always do the the final score predictions uh, for this one. If Badgers on the road, uh, homecoming against Illinois. Matt, what are you thinking uh, for your score for this week? Well, now we actually have to really think about it because Bob's going ahead and giving us a spreadsheet tracking our margin of error. So. Um, uh, for our site, at least, um, the spread is what, like 31? I thought I saw. Last yeah, it was I looked. 31. Last I I looked when I was writing my betting preview this morning. So, whew, that's a lot of points. Um, I think I think it's gonna be a smidge closer than that. Um, but I could also see them, you know, running away with it like they have been. So, I'll go with the Badgers 42, 42-13. So just barely uh, around that bubble, but maybe not quite to the 31 threshold. Yeah, I was, I'm in the same, you know, similar boat. Uh, I've been kicking a few different things around. Cause I, like I, like we said earlier, Illinois has only beaten you know, two of the worst teams in college football, and they've gotten beaten by some lesser uh, teams in Eastern Michigan. So I'm not really sure what to make of them quite yet. I've got 42 to seven down right now, uh, which would be, which would be the Badgers covering and the and the under, uh, which is what I had in my betting preview, at least for right now. I, I've kicked a few different things back and forth, um, but I'm gonna go with 42-7 because I just I, I can't I can't buy into a team that has struggled so bad um, against the run, you know, against Wisconsin. Obviously, 107th in rushing defense for them, and then on the offensive side of the ball, they're even worse on with their total offense, 111th in total offense. So I just I don't see a lot of bright spots for Illinois. I really like Reggie Corbin and some of the transfers they've got, but so far it, it hasn't really panned out. So I've got 42-7. Uh, Matt's got, uh, what was it, 49-13, did you say, or 42-13? All right, well, I was originally going to go with 42, but I'm looking back at their, their scores. They're giving up like 40 points a game. Screw it. I'm going to say 52-10. to 10. There we go. There we go. Even higher. I like to hear that. Yeah, like they'll that. cover. <laughs> Screw it. I, there we I was go. I was trying to be too too pretty with it. <laughs> yeah, the, you know the Badgers are five and one against the spread, so they have covered a lot. But Illinois is is three and one at home, so it'll be interesting to see how that uh, pans out uh, for the Badgers in Week Eight. 
Matt, that's all I've got. If you've got, unless you've got anything else, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll get to a quick ad read, and then we'll kick it over to our interview with Patrick Cates on. Anything else? No, that's it. All righty. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, on Wisconsin, make sure you uh, stick around. We've got a couple ad reads for you, and then we're going to kick it uh, to the interview. Uh, Patrick's going to come on the show and give us a preview on what's gone right with Illinois and more so what's gone wrong is obviously they've struggled a little bit so far this season. All right, Badger fans, I'm now welcome and uh, join uh, Patrick Catazone. And I just asked him his last name and I already almost screwed it up. So um, he is from the the Champagne Room, which is SB Nation's Illinois site. And they're one of the uh, interesting follows on Twitter. They've got a lot of good insight on the Illinois game and they always have uh, you know, a lot of commentary uh, on the Illini. So if you're looking for uh, uh, another team perspective outside of us at Bucky's Fifth Quarter, go and check those, those guys out. Uh, they do a great job over that site. Patrick, thanks for joining the show. Uh, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. We love having uh, every, anybody from on the uh, SB Nation platform. Obviously, we, we like to help uh, you know get other sites out there and stuff like that, and we appreciate getting an insider perspective on the fighting Illini. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, I don't think most Wisconsin fans have probably seen a lot of Illinois yet this season. Um, I've caught a few games. I caught a little bit of that Eastern Michigan one and a little bit of the uh, Michigan game last week. But, you know, just from, from your perspective, what has gone right uh, for Illinois so far this season and, and what's gone wrong in 2019? Yeah, well, there's not a whole lot that's gone right for the Illini. I would say that the, you know, recruiting and, and getting in transfers is probably the only thing that we've really done. Right. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Josh Motobebe, uh, obviously Brandon Peters and uh, Trayvon Sidney, uh, Middle Eifer, all guys that we transferred in here, hoping that they would be uh, uh, big impact players. And, and so far, uh, most of them have specifically Josh Motobebe at wide receiver. He's been really impressive, but a lot has gone wrong. Um, a lot has gone wrong with Lovey Smith, particularly. Um, I'm sure as a uh, Badger fans are familiar with him uh, with his time with the Bears, but uh the biggest issue really with the Illini right now is, is just a scheme issue. Uh, he still runs the Tampa two. Uh, so defensively we have gotten burned almost every single game because we cannot cover anything. Um, the middle of the field's almost always open. Um, other than that, Bobby Roundtree, who was probably our top player on, uh, on, uh, defense, unfortunately, uh, couldn't be here this season because he got into an off season, uh, uh, incident where uh, he basically uh, did a backflip off a boat and landed uh, wrong in the water. So he hasn't been with us this season, too. So there's been a lot go- gone wrong with the Illini this year. <laughs> well, you touched on Lovey Smith, and that was kind of going to kind of be my second question, because, um, you know, from from a Wisconsin perspective, if you if you haven't paid a lot of attention to him, obviously, you know, the name Lovey Smith, like you said, from the NFL um, and obviously, you know, had some success with the Bears. Um, but overall, it just hasn't really seemed to pan out so far at Illinois. So I wanted to ask you just, you know, not so much about you know, the game in this question, but Lovey Smith overall, are, are, are fans still confident in that this might turn around under Smith, or is it more so that they are, are maybe ready to see a change and, and have him on the hot seat? You know, I'd say it's about, I want to say 50-50, uh, but it's probably moved a little bit more towards uh, 30-70 people want him out. Um the thing is, his recruiting in the last class was really good. We got Isaiah Williams, who was a top 100 recruit at quarterback. Um, so that was a huge get. We got Marquez Beeson, who's top 150 uh, at corner. You know, he's gotten some high-profile guys. We now have a pipeline to Trinity Catholic High School, which is a great thing. We've gotten some really great players from them. 
uh, in St. Louis. So that part, that aspect, a lot of Illini fans are like, hey, like, you know, he's still building up a team. But the product on the field is just it's not good. And a lot of that is a scheme issue. So a lot of Illini fans are kind of stuck in the middle between do we keep the scheme and keep Lovey Smith's scheme or do we and and on that side, you also get a decent amount of some great recruiting in the last last three years, probably the best we've had since Ron Zook. Um, do we stick with that or do we go to a new guy, maybe lose that pipeline, um, but get a better scheme? So we're somewhere stuck in the middle. I'd like to say more people will be uh, on the fire lovey side after this game uh, this weekend. Yeah, that's interesting because, like you said, it's almost you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place where if you've got the recruiting stuff set up, um, you want to maybe keep them keep them going. But at the same time, how long do you keep that going uh, when you're not seeing success on the field? And, you know, that's a tough situation around for a lot of college football programs who are starting to get you know things going that way that it just it's a tough decision. And thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, the fans don't have to make that decision. The higher ups will. But it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, down the stretch for for Illini. But getting into this week's game, and obviously uh, Illinois you know, lost four straight, um, but it's homecoming, uh, and Wisconsin has the Ohio State next week, an impossible uh, top five, six matchup. Is this probably the most favorable spot you could catch a team like Wisconsin, uh, given the situation so far? Um, for us, uh, I wish we had you guys towards the end of the season, personally, because this would be a great game to fire Lovey Smith at. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, and I just say that because I, I don't know how familiar you are with our situation, but he's also our defensive coordinator, and we and his son is also a defensive coach, so we really don't have anyone who would step up in that position. Sure. Uh, so we can't get rid of him this midseason, but uh, I, I'd say so. I mean, uh, um, our season's pretty much over already, so <laughs> really no better time to get, get Wisconsin than right now. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it's more so definitely for the Badgers with that situational spot of – you know, obviously you get you, you play a team that, that struggled and you're, you're looking towards the next week, possibly, you know, with Ohio State and, you know, a huge game with with implications where maybe you catch, um, you know, a team like Illinois who's who's kind of reeling a little bit and you get their best effort uh, when they've got a team like that. in. so it'd be interesting to see um, on the field. You know, you've talked about the scheme and, and kind of the struggles that that's gone on so far. And it, it seems from an outsider perspective like myself that it, it's kind of been in the passing game as obviously you, I know you guys have Reggie Corbin who, who I've long said, uh, you know, on our show is a really underrated back uh, for the line. I, and the passing game's kind of been the struggle. So is there any, you know, in particular reason for that or any reason for the struggles uh, in the, in the passing game? Yeah. Well, um, you know, that Michigan game was, is a little bit of an outlier. So is Minnesota just because Brandon Peters has been injured. Um, for a couple of weeks, his last uh, performance, I think, was it, at Minnesota is where he got injured, but uh, he only played half that game, and uh, his last big game was Nebraska, and he put up 38 points that week, but uh, he should be back. We think he's going to be back this week. I don't know how familiar you are with Lovey Smith's press conferences, but he doesn't really say a whole lot about injuries or anything like that, but the, the, the thought is that Brand Peters will be back this week, so the passing game should improve uh, a little bit from Matt Robinson, who is... Uh, He's just uh, a guy that kind of going to be a career backup quarterback here at Illinois um, in all likelihood, but hopefully it'll improve with Brandon Peters a little bit more. Um, but other than that, you know, um, it's just a big issue. I, obviously the Illini want to run the ball a lot with Reggie Corbin because it, you know, in my eyes, uh, at least last year, he was probably a top, I don't know, top 15 running back in college football. He was, he's a great running back. He's a guy we want to give the ball a lot. 
Um, and, and really, Peters hasn't lived up to what we thought he would be. You know, back up at Michigan, transferring here, you obviously think, hey, Michigan's good. Like, uh, this guy might give us a chance. He was a five-star um, or four- or five-star recruit uh, coming out of high school, but just just hasn't lived up to what we thought he'd be. So um, I lay most of the, the fault on the passing game on him. I still really like our offense coordinator, Rod Smith, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting. Obviously, Wisconsin fans know Brent, the name Brandon Peters pretty well from yeah. you know his from his time at Michigan, and obviously um, that that unfortunate injury for him and that kind of derailed his career there. He's he, you know at that time he was kind of looking like maybe a promising uh, prospect for the Wolverines, and it just hasn't really panned out for him uh, yeah. since since that Andrew Van Ginkle collarbone uh, a hit. So. Um, that'll be interesting to see, though, as as if he comes back and, and bounces back, how that changes uh, their offense, you know, around Reggie Corbin, because obviously, uh, like like you said, he, he looks like a tremendous runner. I remember him last year; he busted that 80-yard run on the Badgers, and I was like, man, this guy is is pretty solid. And you know, it's a league deep with with talented running backs, but he's definitely uh, doesn't get the credit that uh, that he should. Uh, Going off Corbin, because obviously that's that's kind of the Badgers fans' name that they might know, along with Brandon Peters. But who is one player that Wisconsin fans, uh, you know, might not know that should be on the lookout in this uh, Wisconsin-Illinois matchup? Josh Mortabebe is the guy you have to look out for. Wide receiver. He is from USC. Uh, he's a guy who probably could be the second, probably the second guy in that wide receiver core at USC. But honestly, he has a chance to get dra- drafted this year. Uh, Big hands. He's a big guy. He'll go up and get the ball. He's not as fast as like a slot wide receiver, um, but he is a serious threat against uh, the passing game. If if they leave him one on one, good chance whoever's quarterback will throw it up and and try and get and try and have him bring it down. Uh, so that's that's the one guy I'd say that you definitely have to look out for. Yeah, so it sounds like, you know, it sounds like there's, you know, we talked that, talked about that in our, uh, you know, when we were going over Illinois, it looked like you, you had some talent in the receiving room and in the receiving core. It was just more a matter of, you know, finding a guy that can consistently get them the football. Is that kind of the case, is that what you're saying? This is the best wide receiving core we've had in a really long time. Um, he's the best wide receiver we've had for sure since Geronimo Allison. And I, I hope Bucky fans know who uh, he oh, is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, man, I hate that guy. But uh, <laughs> now I do. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely the best we've had since then. Oh, interesting. Well, that's a name to note. And then uh, I can't – who's the guy that's that's leading you guys in sacks? I I, re, I see his name. I, I know he's really good, but I can't pronounce the name. So <laughs> Wole Batiku is his name. There uh, it is, Wole Batiku. He's also from USC. Um we actually got three guys from USC this summer. He is, uh, other than being a fantastic like uh, player, I, he's super cool in real life too. Uh, I've got the pleasure to interview him a couple times. He plays guitar and uh, paints. He's he's a really cool dude. But uh, nice. So really good on the field. So. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, you know, we were talking about it earlier. He's got, you know, he's one spot behind Chase Young in in total sacks. And you see how much attention, you know, a guy like Chase Young's got at Ohio State. So he, the Badger fans will certainly have to be looking out for him. Um, you know, in the in the pass protection game because he's had a solid season so far. Um, okay, well, the last question, and I, we asked this to all our guests that come on uh, from our opposing uh, team sites, and we ask them to fill in the blank. So, Illinois wins this game if blank. If Reggie Corbin rushes for 300 yards. <laughs> 300. That would be that would be an impressive feat given uh, <laughs> given. <laughs> given what Wisconsin's had on defense so far. But, uh, you know, it sounds like, obviously, you know, 
from from your perspective, I'd have to imagine, you know, to win this game, Reggie Corbin's, you know, like you said, got to go off, right? He has to have a huge game. Um, I mean, as long as he, if he rushes for, I mean, really 200 yards, that opens up our passing game a little bit more, and maybe we have a chance. But uh, this is as close to a sure thing as you could possibly get for Wisconsin. <laughs> well, I appreciate the honesty, and I'm sure Badger fans uh, will will be happy to hear that. And you know. Uh, I've never had a problem with with Illinois, so I hope things kind of turn around for you guys. But uh, I hope they turn around next week and not this week. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But uh, we appreciate that. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Patrick, we appreciate you you coming on the show. Um, It's always good to get an insider perspective because, you know, we really only see, you know, either a a few quick glimpses of a team or, or, uh, you know, some box scores or information that way. So it's good to have some insider perspective. So we thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And we will catch you guys on Tuesday for our Illinois recap on Wisconsin.